windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bello. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones. The game winner got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Jay Sandos alongside Mike Gallagher. And it is a Tuesday edition of Sandos in the sidekick, which means it's Angry Man Day. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. We'll also talk uh, top 25. The FCS stats poll came out yesterday. We'll talk about that. There were some big games as far as uh, FCS football went, especially top 25. It was a Upset even within the league of the Southern Conference with Mercer upending Sanford at Sanford and then Wofford a heartbreaking loss on the road at Wyoming, uh, taking a 17-14 loss. 43 uh, seconds to go. Rahib Ishmael Jr. actually uh, with the winning touchdown catch for Wyoming. A lot of people probably remember his dad, Rocket Ishmael, uh, for Notre Dame. One and, of the best uh, names in sports. It's a great name. Matter of fact, I was very disappointed to show you how young Trey Adams is. When I said that name, he kind of laughed and was like, who? <laughs> wow. So we'll talk Trey a little bit later because, uh, bless his little heart, he's, he's just Already very guy. disappointed yeah. in his yeah. performance. Yeah, yes. it's okay. We'll get him. He's going to test our uh, knowledge of the FCS uh, Top 25 as we're going to talk about the poll, just uh, how it looked. It was a little bit of a shakeup, especially around the, the 19 to 25 range. It just continued to uh, steamroll with teams that were losing. And this time of year is always tough. Uh, at uh, the FCS level to get uh, certain things um, sort of sorted out, if you will, uh, just for the simple reason they're playing FBS teams, intersectional. It just it's hard to determine. A lot of teams might even play a non-division one, sort of like ETSU play a non-D1, then they play a high major D1, and then it's a situation where you're just kind of struggling through there. But we digress. We will have Dan Scott, Voice of the Paladins, on our second segment, Angry Man third segment, top 25 last segment. But right now we're talking a little ETSU football. Yeah, I had Randy Sanders at the Monday press conference again, and we were asking some questions with Kevin Brown yesterday, Sports Information Director, Head of Communications for ETSU football. And we were also bantering, of course, back and forth ourselves just to talk about the game and break things down a little bit. Of course, it was happening Friday, so we're a bit removed on Monday of talking about it. But kind of to rehash everything, of course, Randy Sanders, had some extra time to look at film and prepare for Furman. Furman's going to have the same advantage. I'm not having to play Colgate this past week. I'm going to talk with Clay Hendricks a little bit later today ahead of um, our show tomorrow, and we'll air that on Thursday and then, of course, pregame as well. And we'll talk to Dan Scott as well about what he thinks the time for Furman has been spent doing, what exactly the preparation will look like on kind of a really strange week for them, especially coming off two lopsided defeats, uh, very 
difficult, I think, to glean what exactly firm it is. But uh, Coach Sanders yesterday, I think, answered a few of our questions that we had on the broadcast. The first was about Quay Holmes and Jacob Saylor's. The carry split was 60-40, really, in Quay Holmes' favor going into uh, last game. And then it was 21-3 for Quay. So my question to him was, is that going to stay that way, or are we going to return to more of a even split in the backfield? I expect it to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, Jacob's battling a little bit of a uh, little bit of an injury, nothing major. He's not completely healthy, and when you're 18 and not completely healthy, it seems to be a much more of a factor than when you're 21 and not completely healthy. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a crazy coach bite to me. <laughs> be- because that is one that's veiled with a lot of inferences and the different meanings. I think people kind of immediately read into that one and had a number of different takes on what exactly it meant. I'm not going to speculate myself, uh, but I think Crazy Coach may have uh, some thoughts on that on Thursday. But that does give me a little bit more clarity. I wish I would have known that going in, so my bold prediction wouldn't have been Jacob Saylor's 125 yards. But, of course, we're not going to be privy to all the information. There's some things you have to keep in the locker room. It was nice of Coach to share that so we now do know. Sailors kind of looked all right to me on that pass on the sideline where he went for 30 yards, but uh, just something that we were unaware of and now has come to the forefront. Well, and I, I think uh, he did say openly that moving forward it would be much more that 60-40 split as long as both guys were healthy. A little bit of a caveat there. So as long as he's healthy, they certainly are going to look to use Sailors as much as they can because the one thing we've learned at least about Jacob Sailors, and he was back on kick returns as well, just Quay Holmes actually – uh, fielded every one of those instead of Sailors. But what we do know is that he's explosive. And, you know, 74 touchdowns in high school, 4,100 yards all-purpose yards in high school. He knows what to do with the ball in his hands. He's certainly shown that early in his career in each game. We've seen glimpses of it, what he could do at Mars Hill. Uh, he had a huge run against Tennessee. Now he's got the, the little swing uh, pass, sort of swing slash screen pass they set up for him, the play you're referring to, uh, about a 30-yard pickup against VMI. So he's certainly got dynamic that they'll I think they'll move forward, try to figure out how to get the ball in his hands. Do you think ideally they go with maybe a lot of two-back sets to have that kind of lightning and thunder, Ron Dane, Tiki Barber type thing going on because Sailors is that explosive type player and Holmes is better between the tackles? Uh, they could. Uh, I, I th- there has been a couple of formations they do have where both the guys are back there. It's not, I mean, they're more of a one-back team, but right. they do have a couple of sets we saw even against Tennessee where both both men were behind or beside Logan Marshy, I should say, one flanking the left and the right. So I think they've got a few things in there to have defenses think about. If nothing else, they've shown that formation and to try to, to figure out. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious as this offense progresses how Coach Sanders has been setting up looks and plays moving forward because I'm assuming it's one of those where, you know, it's an 11-act season, if you will, and we're just going into act number four. And what has he tipped his hand to or what has he shown teams that when we're in the formation we're only doing this, but here in the next couple games maybe we're in that formation and we're not doing any of that. It's just something totally different. Don Hellman, our broadcast colleague, was in studio with us back here in Johnson City while you were on the road, and he had a question about Logan Marchie. Of course, we were kind of bantering back and forth with Kevin Brown, and he didn't have the answer to this. I don't think anyone really has the answer to this, aside from maybe Randy Sanders and Logan Marchie, but right before that 19-yard quarterback draw, quarterback scramble, whatever you want to call it, uh, where he scored, he missed the two plays. Austin Herrick was in there um, and took those two snaps, and some were saying, oh, maybe he was getting retaped. That was his answer to Joe Avento um, in the post game. Uh, others were thinking, thinking maybe it's a bit of gamesmanship from Randy Sanders to pull a fast one on VMI, come and have Marchi uh, go in and run after a supposed leg injury that maybe or, uh, maybe was not there. Uh, dispelling a little bit of uh, the speculation around the entire play was Coach Sanders when Don Hellman asked him, was that a designed run? No, that was not a designed quarterback draw. We did run a couple of quarterback draws in the game, and 
had some success with them. That was not. Um, they actually blitzed. The, he'd let the play clock kind of run down, didn't get all his communicating done. Uh, knew he had not gotten all his communication done. And then when he got blitzed, knew he had a problem. Unfortunately, was able to make somebody miss in the hole. Because they had blitzed by man-to-man, once that guy did not make the play, there was nobody, nobody left. Now, I wanted to ask him right after that, all right, was Logan Marshy hurt or not? But I think I kind of wrangle coach a little bit sometimes in these press conferences, so I kind of laid off that one because I think what, especially coming off a Friday game, uh, Randy Sanders likes to talk a lot more about what is coming up, and he did so in the last soundbite we have here on Sanders on the Sidekick. Getting off to a fast start is always important. I thought we got off to a fast start last week, but we left it laying there. We wasted it. Getting off to a fast start helps. Uh, I think getting off to a fast start this week can be really important because one, it can give our guys confidence after what's happened in the last few years. And two, Furman's also probably wondering a little bit about what's next because of the way their first two games have gone. Now they played two really good opponents and, and I think they're a much, much better team than what their stats show or what the record shows, certainly. If we get off to a fast start, maybe it uh, gives us a little confidence and creates a little doubt in their mind. I think that's a great point. Uh, not only the fact of last week maybe wasting some of those possible opportunities for so many turnovers to only come away with seven points and be trailing after VMI scores twice in eight seconds after the uh, short run and then the interception, the pick six from Logan Margie, and all of a sudden it's 14-7 just like that. It really, in a game where VMI, it didn't really seem like had a whole lot of chances, uh, but with ETSU having as many as they did, uh, it seems strange that they weren't able to capitalize ETSU especially for a team that um, is able to more often than not it seems like do things offensively at least in the past where they were able to of course the struggles early on here in the season uh, they haven't been able to do that Uh, but with going forward towards Furman Obviously, the game last year being as high scoring as it was to start fast and and make sure that they're able to uh, jump out to an early lead would be a a big uh, big plus just laughing at trade (laughs) no I (laughs) Yeah, right. that was not the. I asked him to turn something up. That was not the right. Uh, Clearly, that was not. I was yeah, hearing yeah, myself yeah. about I, a half second on delay. You know what? I, I tried to fight through you it. Battled through it. You battled through it. You battled through that. I, uh, I don't know if that made any sense. Point being, great yes. point about the start last week kind yes. of being wasted from no, Coach no, no, no. Sanders I, saying that, and then going towards Furman obviously would like to capitalize more on the mistakes. Right? I, I think there's two things. One, each issue clearly know they left a lot of points on the on the board uh, or an opportunity to yep. put points on the board. Number two, I think they did do a nice job of after kind of giving up those plays of coming back and, and answering the bell a little bit, right? They throw the, the INT return for a touchdown, then there's a 11-12 play drive, not just in a field goal, but still 11-12 plays, nine minutes off the clock. It was a good drive. You know, once a VMI got another break and scored, went up again, then ETSU was able to, to go straight back down the field and this time punch it in for a score. So every time VMI kind of started to, to score and, and, and inch it a little forward, right, ETSU had the answer. Yeah. And for a team that hasn't won on the road but one time in four years going into that game, I thought they did a good job of showing resiliency. Now to Coach Sanders' main point, I believe, or at least the, the subtext of his point is, it shouldn't get to that point because you get those opportunities early. Right. You've got to be able to cash those in, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Cash those in and take control of the game, and I think that's what he's hoping to do against Furman this week. We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, uh, the plug for Furman's right on cue. Dan Scott, the play-by-play man for the Furman Paladins, will help us break down the contest between ETSU and Furman. We'll step aside for a timeout. This is Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the RSS feed as well. More Sandos and the Sidekick after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. 
Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little did I just win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Wow, Would you like some fun with that? Well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or Treasury Management Services, we can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens Branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, Go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Uh, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. And the sidekick. I'm Jay. Yeah. Mike Gallagher. As it is, Santos and the sidekick. We will be talking with Dan Scott, the play-by-play man for the Furman Paladins, in just a moment. Didn't want to skip though, as we didn't talk about it yesterday. We got a little hamstrung talking all ETSU football, but there was some other news uh, of note for ETSU athletics. It's on the hardwood for volleyball, and certainly Coach Devon with a monumental win for her program. I felt bad going back and listening to the show. I was like. I- I can't believe we didn't mention what 
is, I, I don't think there's any question about it, the biggest win of the weekend for ETSU athletics. Of course, football being the power that it is and has the nation's attention, you know, week in and week out, of course, that's going to be something that always um, gets most of the headlines. But for the first time in 16 years under head coach Lindsey Devine, and some believe the first time ever, ETSU beat a ranked team. And do we have Dan? We might be we able do, to, we'll do. be able to talk that a little bit more later. But definitely want to make sure to at least mention it, and we'll get back to it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll get back to ETSU yeah. volleyball beating Washington State 22nd ranked team in the country a little bit later. Right now, though, voice of the Paladins, Dan Scott, good friend of mine. And, Dan, you're on with uh, Jay and Mike Gallagher at Sandos and the Sidekick, our ETSU podcast. And my first question is we've seen this before from Furman, uh, winless Coming to ETSU two years ago, it did not go the Buccaneers' way. Uh, is this not Domino's? I was calling to get pizza somewhere. Uh, no. <laughs> How you doing, guys? Um, no, you're right. Uh, it, it did not uh, go ETSU's way. Uh, and, and that's kind of scary from my standpoint. Uh, if you look at, at the issues that the Paladins have had in the first two games, that we've played. You want to throw the Clemson game out and just look at the Elon game. Um, and, and then you think, well, Furman has put 50 plus points on ETSU in each of the last two years. Um, to, to me, I think you've got an East Tennessee state team. That it was a primetime game that uh, is, is waiting for Furman to get there to exact some revenge. And I'll be interested to see how our kids react to that. Well, I think it's uh, interesting to see the the of course the biggest difference right for Furman and is the fact that you lose uh, PJ Blazjowski who had been a starter and I know he had to switch sort of systems but he'd been a, a starter for you been in that role of situation for Furman he obviously had a big day against ETSU a, a couple of times my I guess is it that just the two freshmen trying to get their feet wet because I think you have a true freshman, a redshirt freshman trying to get um, just learn the offense, you know, get into college athletics. Certainly task one was Clemson. Again, I agree with you. You, you toss that out. I think the other thing um, uh, that you'd have to just assume is it's just their second and third college game. And, and how much did it hurt Dan not to be able to play last week? Well, you know, that's going to be the million dollar question. I think there, there's a, um, there are two schools of thought that this team needed to get right back out on the field to start developing some repetition. But at the same time, you know, they're, they're, uh, you mentioned the, the two kids at quarterback who are both very talented. I think Darren Granger probably is going to be the guy who ultimately separates himself. And that's just me. I don't, you know, that's not the coaches saying that, but you know, when, when, when all things are equal, he's a better passer uh, than than uh, Jamar Lincoln is, and I think ultimately that will probably be the thing that separates him a little bit. Uh, but the, the two schools of thought, they needed to get right back out on the field to start developing that that repetition. But the other side of it is that you know, you know they're having trouble. Both quarterbacks have had issues holding onto the football. You know we've we've lost five fumbles in two games, and they've been responsible for a good number of those. And we've had issues on the offensive line, which have now been um, been magnified by the fact that Jacob Conrad, who was a starter coming out of camp, is no longer with the team. So you, you've got a, a situation here where it's possible that that the Colgate game being canceled could end up being a blessing in disguise for this team right now, because I personally think that 
the offensive line, the two young quarterbacks, and even the defenses we can maybe talk about in a moment, depending on where you want to go. Uh, I, I think they probably benefited from having the extra practice time, the extra practice repetitions. My really umbrella-level view of this game, Dan, and thanks for joining us here on Santos and the Sidekick. I'm just very curious what you think about Furman in general. What do you know coming off two games like they've played? Whenever I see results like the ones that they've had, I'm not sure that there's a lot to pull out of those and say, well, I know exactly what this team's going to do, or I know where this team stacks up talent-wise. Do you have any idea about that? Well, you know, you'd think that the guy who calls the games would be able to answer that to the affirmative, but i, I got to be <laughs> honest with you right now. I, I really don't know because there are some things that we thought we knew coming into the season. For instance, back to the defense for a moment. We thought that the, the defense was going to be very deep, very talented, and would be the area of the, the team that kind of carried the load while the two kids were getting their feet underneath them at quarterback. And, and, you know, I'll be real honest with you. One part of the Clemson game that I don't really throw out is the way Furman's defense played in the first half when Clemson had its, its starters in, you know, for, for that entire half. That was a 13 nothing game with five minutes to go in the half, and we had just forced an incompletion that was going to force Clemson to punt from inside their own 10-yard line. But that incompletion was overturned on review, kept the drive alive, and they ended up scoring two touchdowns in the last five minutes. Our defense did a nice job in that game. You could have given me 15 different scenarios about how the Elon game was going to go, and I would not have chosen one that said that our defense would have played as poorly as it did in that game. Yeah, there were turnovers. Yeah, there were offensive issues again. But the defense just, for whatever reason, could not get itself together. And that, to me, more than the issues that we're having on offense, that, to me, has been the biggest surprise after two games and, and, and really after just one game. You know, the, the, the other thing about Elon is awfully, awfully good, um, as I think is going to be proven out this season. But we had 15 starters back. They had 18 starters back from two games a year ago that were uh, combined four-point difference. Um, so I, I was really surprised at the way our defense played in that game. And that was surprising to me to look at a team that was beaten in a very tight game, of course, in Elon by Furman to get to the second round of the NCAAs and then were about as early as you can get into the season this year. Do you put stock in those results showing big differences in Furman, or was it more about Elon? Well, I, I think you got to say a little bit of both. I mean, as I said, Elon is a good team. And, I, you know, I will say this, and, and Clay pointed this out uh, when I brought up the number of, of starters returning from both teams prior to that game. He, he said that, yeah, but if you look at it, how many seniors they have starting, and we don't have that many seniors on our entire team. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he pointed out that uh, a lot of the kids that we had coming back in uh, those starting roles are still underclassmen and they were pressed into some starting situations because of injury or, or whatever last year. So I think there's, you, you, you cannot totally, but I'm telling you, they are going to beat some people uh, and they're going to be a handful to deal with as the season moves on. Um, but uh, Furman's defense also has to, 
has to take some stock of itself after that performance. Dan, you mentioned turnovers. I don't know if you saw any of the ETSU VMI game, but there were ten of them in that one. It was certainly a game of hot potato of uh, and the defenses. And similar to Furman, a lot of people, regardless of uh, who was going to be the head coach, ended up being Randy Sanders for ETSU. But the defense for ETSU returns a lot. It has been uh, a bright spot for ETSU. They honestly kind of won the game for VMI. So I'm kind of curious – you know, what to expect from ETSU's defense because, as you sort of mentioned in the opening, you know, Furman's put a couple of 50-burgers on the board against ETSU. They've got 1,120 yards in two games. I don't think ETSU even had a negative play last year defensively against Furman. They really just had their way. So I'm kind of curious, what are you expecting to see out of the Furman offense uh, versus ETSU's defense? Well, I think the one thing that we showed that we could do against Elon and actually did pretty well, even though the, the, the scoreboard didn't bear it out, is we lined up and we ran the ball right at their big defensive front, at their front seven, and had a lot of success doing it. We had uh, two missed field goals and we had two other drives stall out deep in their territory. Uh, I think one to turn over and, and we may have gone for it once and didn't get it on the fourth down. It, you know how it is, Jay. It all runs together after a while, and you flush one game and move on to the next. But um, so I would imagine that that's going to be thing one. Can we line up, whether it's in the eye or whether it's out of the pistol, and run the ball between the tackles? Because that's one thing that we did well in that Elon game. Where we had issues, and this is where the offensive line had its biggest issues, were when we tried to go to the option game and we got killed uh, on the backside with with their linebackers chasing down our quarterback in the option game and in pass protection. Um, th- those were the two issues that we had mostly in that Elon game. So, uh, you know, I-, I think you'll see us try to establish the run early, and, and then the-, the key for us offensively is going to be, you know, can, can we run the option? Can we protect the quarterback? And-, and then the old standby, can we take care of the football? Completely unfair question to end it, Dan, because we're not going to join you in making predictions. We're asking you for a score prediction. What is the final score and who wins? <laughs> well, you know what, guys? I, I have to, uh, I have to um, gracefully bow out on that question because of a directive <laughs> we got from the, um, from the university. Now that college football gambling is legal throughout the United States, it turns out that any member of the athletic department cannot come onto a radio show or other podcast and make a prediction or ask oh. a coach what he who he thinks is going to win the game without it being an NCAA violation. That is my window of escape, and I'm going to take it right now. How about oh, that? that? Love that's, it, that's well done. Way to, way to not commit an NCAA violation on Santos and the sidekick. That is clutched by you because I did not know that rule. Yes, well, uh, you, you might you might want to check into that. Because <laughs> we, got that we got that directive a couple of weeks ago. We are and, indebted to you for that, Dan. And, uh, you know, so like on Clay, on our coaches show on Thursday nights, I can't ask Clay who he thinks is going to win one of the other conference games, just for instance, because now that it's illegal to bet on, on really all sports across the country, including college, college football now, college athletics, you know, the, the fear is that any of that information can be used to sway the line one way or the other. So athletic departments have just been told you can't do it. If you do, it's a violation. So that's um, that's my 
that's my way out of getting myself into multiple kinds of trouble. Excellent escape. Dropping knowledge. Yeah. Stan Scott. Incredible. Hey, Dan, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Now, last time you came, it was the high school stadium, Kermit Tipton Stadium. We've got uh, a little bit better setup for you uh, with our brand-new William B. Green Jr. Stadium. I will warn you. It is a long walk from the uh, a parking lot, so I'll, I'll call you later and give you a tip on where to drop off your gear and uh, at least not have to drag that everywhere. Well, see, see, this is this is one one little bit of status that I have achieved in, in my career, and this is probably the only bit of status. Is wherever we go, the guys who travel with me know they are dropping me and the equipment at the front gate, and then they are <laughs> oh, going it. to park the car, and, and however long it is. To keep, to keep my big behind from having to walk that distance, and then when the game is over, I'm packing up. They go retrieve the car. So I've got to talk uh, to my crew. I don't know how Dan got that. I got to. Is that? An, that's just. That's just you being you, or is that contractually? What, what did you do there, Dan? Uh, that, Te- that teach is, me that the is way, me my being friend. A larger individual than everybody else who travels. <laughs> uh, so, uh, intimidation factor. <laughs> Dan Scott, voice of the Paladins, good friend of mine. I'll be talking to him later uh, this week on his show. Dan, thank you for taking the time today to talk with us on Santos and the Sidekick. Thanks, Dan. Got you guys. Thanks, Jay. Look forward to it, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, that's Dan Scott. When we come back, Angry Man. It's ticked off Tuesday. We'll hear about from him. What has made him angry? It could literally is a billion things probably this week that's made him mad. So we'll hear from him on ticked off Tuesday. This is Santos and the Sidekick as you are listening to Sanderson Sidekick, either on SoundCloud, iTunes, or on Facebook Live, but you can subscribe to us or download us. More of Sanderson Sidekick after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Nicewanger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's prefinished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. 
Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Yo, can I get a w- ah! Hey, 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 that's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. And I hate everything. No, God! No, God, please, no! No! Yeah, it's that time, right? Oh, boy. It is that time. It is Angry Man Tuesday. Ticked off Tuesday, the random angry man that every he, he like everybody else, hates the same thing. Angry Man, are you with us? Hey, what's up, guys? What's happening, Angry Man? Hey, Angry Man. What a great weekend. You know, Bucks go to CMI, get a road win. First SoCon road win since 2002. Monday night football, the Bears beat the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, things great. But you know what? You know what? I had to buy a new suit last week. And you know what really ticks me off? We have to try a dress shirts and get all those stupid pins and needles and little tacks off the shirt just to put on a measly little shirt. And then you miss one, and it's poking you in the neck. That is so frustrating. How about this one? Because I actually agree with Angry Man on this. I, do you ever order clothes online, Angry Man? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. And so I got a shirt from a, let's just call it... Um, name brand. No, no, it wasn't name brand. It was like, uh, you know. Off brand. Yeah, off brand. Like, uh, you know, uh, basically it, 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 everything gets shipped in from different countries, you know, and it's very cheap. You just have to wait a long time. But I don't have a lot of money, so I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'm willing to wait as long as I don't have to spend a lot of money. And it actually was a nice shirt when it got here, but some of the sizes, since different countries have different sizes for things, you kind of have to guess, and I'm not quite sure usually, like, what I am in other country sizes and stuff. I get it, Medium. and I take out the 12 pins, because you're absolutely right, and yes, I missed one, and it pokes me in the neck. It was absolutely horrible. And I put it on, and it's like four sizes too big, so not only are pins laying all over my floor, now I'm going to step on one and impale my foot and lose a lot of blood and have to go to the hospital, but I also don't even have a shirt that fits. Yeah, no, that, that actually happened to me. Like, one Christmas, there were these sport team sweatshirts that were on great sale at some store, so got family members, all these uh, Chicago Bears sweatshirts. They opened them up on Christmas. You know, I got... My dad and my brother, I'm a big guy, so we got double extra large. They put them on, and it had to have been like a kid's medium. And all of a sudden, we're like, what is this? This doesn't even get your me. head in the sweatshirt. And I'm like, what the heck? It's supposed to be a double extra large, and it doesn't even fit. And then to re- try to return something like that is such a hassle. You, might, you just got to eat the cost because it's so much difficult to return a product like that. 
and you, you get, you're pretty much out money. And then on top of that, you know when you order that stuff online from a different country, it smells funny. What is that? It has a weird smell to it. And I don't like it. I, see, I, I, I've never gotten that. I actually enjoy this, but you open it up, it's kind of like new car smell all the time. I, I think it smells pretty I good. I shop I'm none. Not, i got to get where you're ordering from. Yeah, oh, I, I, I shop none online. I have zero shopping Your body's experience. all weirdly shaped. No, I don't that's know how fair. You that's fair. I have the large upper, uh, upper torso short legs for a guy that's like six right. foot tall. and it's, just, yeah. it's unbelievable. I will say this, going back real quick. So not only are the pins in those shirts, I'll tell you what happened to me uh, the other day. I didn't. I guess I was unwrapping it. And I got hung up in all the pins. I put the shirt on, and something was kind of bothering my back. One of the weird paper thingies they have in oh, it yeah. was stuck to my back. Like yeah. It was still stuck in there. Like it didn't uh-huh. fall out when you open it up. So I had the, the weird thing. And then, of course, one time I forgot to take the neck thing out. Yes. And, and so could, you're walking around with yes, like a stiff and I'm like, neck what? and you're like, I, I don't bend my neck. I feel kind of odd here. I, okay, so back to the suit. Last, that's the point I was going to say is I hate, like, so you get, and you're talking about just a dress shirt. So when we get a suit, you know, you're supposed to cut a couple of the uh, the slits or whatever they're called, pleats or I don't know what they're called, on the jacket. And it never fails. You always forget one. And then I walk around like that and somebody will say, uh, I think you're supposed to cut that. And I'm like, did I not do it? And they're like, well, no, you've. Got the other ones, but not that one. And then, and then you're the idiot guy that you know. I don't wear a suit a lot, so it's not shocking. I'm an idiot guy, but you're an idiot guy that didn't even do that right. I think the three of us are completely um, we're out of luck when it comes to clothes because you've got a weird shaped body. Angry Man's a bigger guy, and then myself, I am obviously the schmedium that everyone talks about, and so. I, Clothes and us do not get along, and so not only the fit, but like, do you get Angry Man? Do you get things tailored? No, no, come on, you know me. Do I get things tailored? Come on! I am plain and simple. What kind of question is that? I, w- I hope you never asked that again. <laughs> I thought maybe that he was a fancier type. Well, I w- he's random. No, no he is ra- he's I random. He's random. I don't know him that way, well, obviously. Random, random I mean, dude. Not to ask that question. You don't question. know me that well, huh? Apparently not. I guess not. I thought that that was a fair question. I mean, you know, be, I'm thinking maybe you have now, to get things tailored because really? being a bigger guy, I don't know. I will say this, angry man. I because of my odd shaped body, I do get stuff tailored. Now I don't get custom suits. I will get a suit and then go somewhere and say, "Please God, fix this so it fits a little better and doesn't look as uh, weird on me as it would other people because of my oddly shaped body." But uh, and my pea head. That's, that's the other weird thing. <laughs> I have a very small head, large purple torso, chicken legs. It's very odd. Um, I'm I'm yeah, li- I'm like a poor man's a- angry. I'm a poor a poor man's uh, Mr. Incredible. Like when the, he he had stopped being a superhero for a long time, kind of that odd shaped. Um, I hear it. But hey, one other one other thing to add to this story. So I'm with my wife. I'm with my daughter. We're at the mall, and we're looking at at suits. And I don't pay attention to my surroundings. I don't care who's ne- next to me and all that stuff. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's some guy. It's like, oh, big event coming up. And I'm like, yeah, I got a wedding to go to the next uh, weekend. Uh. And then I just continue looking for a suit. And we get out, we get home, and my wife is like, did you think anything out of uh, of that? Angry man, anything out of that? And uh, I was like, no. And she's like, I think that was loss prevention. I think they thought that we were going to steal something from that store because I'm not the type of guy that looks like he wears a suit that often. I had shorts and a T-shirt on. And we're just sitting there looking, looking for random suits and stuff like that. So that got me mad that they're profiling. <laughs> now, now, wait, now, that is that is exactly what that is. Now wait a second, was this the employee or just some random person? No employee, like a lost prevention employee. He's sitting there going through wallets and 
ties, like looking like he's shopping, and all of a sudden he's mm. trying to have a conversation with me, and I'm like, no, I've got a wedding to go to. I got to find a new suit. I just, I just want to say this. You look suspicious. I, I like the fact that he went. This guy doesn't wear suits. He's gonna steal suits, but I. I that's usually not right. You usually don't go steal things you're not going to use. Exactly. Or, I, mean, or, I mean, that's my thing. Like, this I, guy I doesn't guess look like I, he's going to wear a suit. Well, I don't know. Maybe still a $500 suit. There's a black market out Maybe there. Sell for it. I, I there is. Sure. I guess. I guess the you places that, that I shop online. <laughs> yes, apparently. But yeah, I would. I would think that the guy would read the room and go, "Yeah, he's probably in here for now, a special." Occasion. Now, what about the person that will come up in the store and is not employed there and has no affiliation with and the store? And just a random conversation. And, and just, oh, the, the no, small no. talk. And I know, angry man, that will tick you off. Oh yeah, don't bug me. I'm in there for one purpose. I'm not trying to make friends with you. Just leave me alone. Go on with your business, and I'll go on with my business. The constant small talk that, for whatever reason, has become a thing in our society, can it just end? Can it be a fad? Can it be over? Everyone's got things to do. Everyone's got their phones to keep them occupied. Now, I'm not saying you should always be looking down at your phone or anything like that, but if you're out on business, there's absolutely no way that anyone wants to be approached and talked to by a random stranger, especially in a clothing store, which is kind of a vulnerable situation. I, I completely agree with you. And then the second worst spot is when you're on an airplane and someone tries talking to you the entire time. Oh, well, you're trapped. I mean, you have no, you have no recourse. You're trapped. Exactly. Thankfully, I don't fly so, very often. So, where are you on the uh, random urinal, urinal talker? <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, speaking of vulnerable yeah. situations, I yeah. don't want anything to do with that. And, and you know where that generally happens too is when you're at a game and there's like lots of people and like you can't even get the the other the every other one. You know, you got you have to there you have to every stall has to be taken up. Every what, urinal. What about the one where you're just in it with one other person? I will sometimes go in the stall because I just don't even want to chance it. I, I, I want to take all the guesswork out of the situation, Angry Man. Is that proper po- protocol? I don't know if I'm doing the proper thing or not, but I, I just feel like there's too many variables, and I don't want to test it. Is it right to go walk right up to the next urinal and stand and hover right next to the other guy and be like, hey, what's up, Joe? <laughs> there's got to be some proper protocol, right? I mean, you can't do that to somebody, right? That's You're right. putting them in a tough situation. That's right. right, you can't slap them on the back. <laughs> hey, Bob. <I'm> glad- <laughs> I'm glad you're as ticked off as I am this okay. week, Angry Man. Uh, that was fantastic. That was a good ten minutes. It was. I've, uh, I'm going to need a minute to recuperate. Angry yeah. Man, anything else before we let One you go One last today? thing. Oh, jeez. Sports related, okay? Oh, here we go. Back-to-back NFL weeks. Common theme, we had a tie. A tie? Come on, fix that. It gets me mad when you tie in soccer. At least hockey figured it out with the shootout. You cannot have a tie in football. Fix it, NFL. Angry man, you are the everyman, and so you do not watch soccer. Get out of here. You're right. <laughs> it's because they have ties. <laughs> well, that could be one reason. I, I do wonder. It, it's almost like they're encouraging ties now because they shortened it to, what, 10 minutes overtime? Ten minutes, exactly. Went to 10 minutes uh, for, for injury. I don't understand what the extra five is. Somebody getting really the last five minutes of overtime is where the injuries happen? I don't know where they came up with to that. To shorten the game maybe? I, I will just... say this. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of the pro overtime than college yes. overtime. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, tremendous. Well, one, because you actually play the game. 
I mean, the the game is not a 25-yard. You get so the you ball don't like the shootouts then in hockey. I really don't. And you don't like I the don't. penalty kicks in soccer. I do not. I really don't like either of those. Either, I don't like either of those. I, I like if the if the it's, it's like uh, you know if baseball goes with the random guy on second base. When when is when does that happen? I know they do it in the minor leagues now as a test. Oh, I really. Or it'd like be like well, let's leagues. just go home run derby or a free throw shooting. Oh, that'd contest. be fun. Or what, what do we? No, it's, it's not. Well, not a free throw shooting contest. Or, 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 what's all the difference in home run derby? Half court, three point shooting. I mean, whatever. But I, I just I'm not a fan of that. I think you should be able to have special teams as a part of it. If you're defensive-oriented and have a better special teams, you're penalized if you just have to play from the 25-yard line. That's just all there is to it. So, all right. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I'd, I'd, I would be fine if they played the 15 minutes in a tie, but uh, the 10 – I just don't know if five, five extra minutes would have got a winner. I feel rushed. Yeah. Uh, me. I mean, you yeah, know, for, for the Vikings, they missed football. Uh, they would have this two. The, yeah, but the overtime. Packers would still have five more minutes – to either score or turn it back over to the Vikings well, at that point. How about you're automatically disqualified if you miss two field goals in overtime? Because you don't deserve anything out of that game. Wow, wow. I mean, well, am I wrong? Two field goals in overtime, and, and hey, I got all the sympathy in the world for Daniel Carlson. I mean, this guy was one of the best kickers in college football for what, the better part of three years that Auburn was, it, I think it was. So he, he was fantastic, and now he gets cut two games into his career. I mean, that is vicious. It is a cutthroat industry. Uh, but in a game like, and being a fan of the NFC North yourself, Angry Man, you know that Vikings and Packers is big, much like Packers and Bears is big. And so if you come out and put up that kind of performance in a quote-unquote rivalry game, not a lot of people are going to feel bad for you. You're right, but hey, they they tied, and I guess what ticks me off now is after the Bears win last night, they should be two and zero and leaders of the North. So, way to get me going again. All right, Hanger Man, thank you for the time. See you next week, Random Hanger Man, who uh, he can't be stopped. He escalated He's not a, a couple times, didn't he? He's he not a rampage. Up. That was a different. I, different I worry Hanger for man. those in his path when he goes back to his office, wherever that may be. Uh, but I think that he uh, gets some catharticness out of uh, this this segment. You, you know what I feel bad for? Uh, Whoever's going to be next to him in the sandwich line today. Or at the urinal. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I, my guess is food, but yes, um, I could go with either one of those. Anchor All back. right, when we come back, uh, we'll talk uh, FCS Top 25. We'll do that. Trey Adams will join us on Santos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And occasionally, like today, we're on Facebook Live. So we'll be back with the Top 25 FCS poll right after this on Santos and the Sidekick Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! 
Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 1990. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. Just when you thought it was over. you can talk. All right. It's like the fourth time we've had that bumper, <laughs> and every time I want to jump in I there. I love the deception. Yeah, and it's not. Last it's week, ready uh, to go. You, you jumped in there, and then there was like 15 more seconds of uh, just loud music. Loud. Well, and we talked under it, and I think that we both thought we could be heard, but yeah, I listened back no, to it. And it was, no, 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 no. It was overpowering. <laughs> no. It was in your face. Anybody wanted to hear me at that point in time. Well, no one wants to hear you. Me. Well, that's fair. You did not. So, Trey Adams back in the studio, and uh, – now that the bumper is uh, finally over with, we can talk a little uh, FCS stats poll. What do you got, fella? Uh, take a look at the top 25 here. We'll start with the number one team in the country. No surprise, North Dakota State, uh, 2-0. and We start, uh, we go to number two, James Madison, 2-1. and uh, Kind of go down through the list here. South Dakota State sitting in third. The Dakotas, they, they have some really good football. North Strong. Carolina A&T uh, sitting at the number four position. Kennesaw State, a team ETSU's played in the past. They sit at number five. At two and one, Eastern Washington at number six, two and one, uh, number seven, Weber State sitting at two and one, uh, number eight, Wofford. Uh, we'll get to them here in a little bit. Uh, McNeese State, uh, number nine, and to round out the top ten, Jacksonville State. Now, number eleven, Sam Houston State. They were in action this Saturday. We start with the recap of one of these games. They were number five last week. They took on uh, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. They mm-hmm. are no longer the Fighting Sioux, but the Fighting Hawks. Now. That's right. The name changed. That was a big issue well. up north. Let me tell you, I was up there when that happened. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the one thing about Sam Houston State, they're a lot like Samford. They're more of a – uh, throw it around, try to get 600 yards passing. You know, runs a three-letter word. They don't like to do it. I mean, they just really. I mean, but the. I mean, they throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. So every once in a while, they have games where they get upset, just like Samford. And so North Dakota did a nice job to kind of hang in tough. They led by seven at halftime. Sam Houston uh, was able to jump out uh, to a six-point lead. But they left the door open in North Dakota with about three, four minutes left in the game. Uh, Nate Ketterham uh, threw a, a final touchdown pass of the day. That ended up being the difference. Uh, Sam Houston was picked off. Uh, uh, 
try and the last possession to try to make a comeback. So huge win for unranked North Dakota. The interesting thing about the Dakotas, you mentioned that they're they're two states that are rare because they have no division. 1A programs, right? They have no FBS programs. So a lot of the people in that area, that's really the universities you go to, and that's the level of football you play. And so they've also done a nice job of reaching into Minnesota and some other places to, to well, pick out a few Minnesota players. can't keep players in Minnesota, so somebody has to. Well, that's fair. Yeah, another interesting stat about Sam Houston State, this is their first non-conference FCS loss since August of 2014. They lost to uh, number one Eastern Washington, 56-35. to 35. Now, since then, they have lost to an FBS school in Texas A&M, and they lost to Division II uh, Colorado State Pueblo. But the last time an FCS team beat them in the non-conference regular season, Eastern Washington, so big surprise there. Uh, we move on to more of the top 25. Of course, number 12, Elon, sitting at 1-1. One and one. Number 13, Maine, sits at 2-0. and oh. Number 14, Central Arkansas, sitting at 2-1. and one. And now we get to our second game. Uh, it is Villanova and Towson uh, this past weekend. Towson, the Tigers, taking on the Wildcats. And, of course, this game was back and forth. A lot of points scored at halftime. It was 35-21. to 21. Zach Bederzik. Uh, uh, he is one of the best passers in the FCS. He's thrown 10 touchdowns this year, uh, but it was it was Towson in the second half. Big big victory for them. Uh, they ended the game 45 to 35, getting a field goal in the fourth quarter and getting the 10 point victory. Well, I can just tell you that your guy, whoever you name, Baderzik or, or whatever it was, uh, is the second best quarterback in that game because Tom Flacco, the younger brother of Joe Flacco, <laughs> was the one throwing passes uh, for Towson. So, Towson. And Towson. I think that Tom Flacco is probably the best quarterback in the Flacco family as well. At least that's my opinion. Uh, that'd just be hard to say in the old day. So, yes, there uh, it is. No, There's the hot no, take. No, no, no. Joe Flacco is a bottom five quarterback in all of the NFL. Bottom five. Okay, right, okay. Oh, no, come oh, on. You don't whoa, think so? Whoa. But, but you compared 2012 him. was a long time ago. What what did Joe Flacco do at Delaware? A little better than Tom Flacco, but if you look up those stats and records. Who what have you done for me lately? Tom Flacco's still doing it at the college level. He, he, it's fair. I can't actually I can't argue that. Tom Flacco did throw for three twenty, three touchdowns. That was a huge upset win in the CAA. It was the opener for the road. Yeah. I mean it's uh, and, and went to a big lead and, and hung on. Villanova's a team ETSU is familiar with because that's who ETSU hosted the last time they were in the playoffs in 1996 here inside uh, the ETSU Mini Dome. And so ETSU, uh, we've always been familiar with Villanova, at least as a football program. Of course, basketball a few years ago, got a chance to go up there. They really won the, one of their two national championships, the first of that playing in hoops. But, but Towson has also come to ETSU playing hoops. Haven't seen Towson in football, but I just like saying Towson. Towson. Towson with a victory. Tigers with a win. Uh, we continue on the top 25. Number 16, Illinois State sits at 2-0. and And then we get to number 17, Sanford, another big SoCon opponent, of course. They played Mercer uh, this past weekend. And, of course, the Bears getting that six-point victory. Jay, you talked about that earlier. Big win for Mercer. Well, I tell you, the, the biggest thing was everyone was on the Jalen uh, Riley train, right? And so he was a true freshman last year. He got the start. Well, he was beaten out from a Tennessee kid out of Chattanooga, went to Macaulay School. And uh, redshirt freshman Robbie Riddle. Riddle threw for 316, a touchdown, ran for two more, and Cole Fisher kicked three field goals. And I think this is my issue with Sanford. It's always been you play that that style of offense, and it always tends to lead, just like Sam Houston State, it tends to, if it's not all clicking, you're not putting big numbers on the board because they turn it over so fast, the other team gets the ball. I mean, Mark, I can't believe Marquise Irvin's still there. He caught six balls for 71 yards. He's like a seventh-year senior, it feels like. 
T. Mitchell, uh, 103 yards. Devlin Hodges did throw for 291 for Sanford. He threw for three touchdowns, and they actually um, uh, tried to come from behind again, but it was a big field goal by Cole Fisher that put it to a 30-21 to lead. Sanford had to make the decision, do we kick the field goal here, try to get because the, they needed two scores. They kicked the field goal, went for the onside kick, did not get it, and Mercer was able to run out the clock. But that the, the redshirt freshman, uh, Robert Riddle, is making a lot of noise because everyone had Jalen Riley penciled in. Kalen Riley, yep. I was shocked, Kalen, yeah, I was, I was shocked to see at every box score I look at him. Like, is he hurt or what's going on? But obviously he's putting up the numbers on the field to keep that job. And Riley played the uh, mop-up duty against Mercer, but that's been his only action this year. It's been Robert Riddle, the guy. And again, a t- a t- Tennessee got out of the uh, Chattanooga Macaulay School. Definitely. So we can continue on with the uh, FCS Top 25. Number 18, Nichols State sitting at 1-2 and two coming off a loss. Number 19, Montana sitting at 2-1. and one. Number 20, Stony Brook sits at 2-1. and one. Number 21, UC Davis just got done playing uh, Stanford this past weekend. Uh, number 22, North Dakota. Of course, we talked about them just a minute ago. They jump in the Top 25 after that huge victory over Sam Houston State. Number 23, Rhode Island. Number 24, Austin P. They were also non-ranked last week. They said it 2-1. And, and rounding out the top 25 is Northern Iowa 0-2. But we have some uh, SOCON teams receiving votes. That is Mercer, Furman, Chattanooga, and Western Carolina. So the SOCON really shaping up to be a very tough conference this season. Well done, Trey. Speaking of the SOCON, I want to get to volleyball before we're done because we have to give them their props. That went over number 22, Washington State. 25 kills for Leah Clayton and 8 digs. Maria Popovich had 25 digs. And uh, you had Alyssa Cavardo with 53 assists. First win over a ranked team in the Lindsay Divine era. And it's a storied era. We know that she's accomplished so much. But that was something she hadn't done. And now receiving votes, speaking of receiving votes in SOCON teams, much like in football, ETSU volleyball, receiving votes in the national poll which is, again, another first. So plenty of firsts, and Coach Devine squad starts conference play tomorrow against Western Carolina. Last time Western Carolina played ETSU, it was the Bucks taking the SOCON postseason title. They're looking to start their SOCON season strong and build on a strong non-conference. Go Bucks! That was a sweep, was it not? It was. All, all they, three. They swept all three. All three, yep. Nine sets played, nine sets win. They went to the NCAA. That's dominance, and they're hoping to do so again. They're certainly off to the right start. And the SOCON, I'm not sure, will pose much of a threat, really, looking at how things have gone. Of course, they're going to take it day by day, but they look as good as ever. Big thanks to Dan Scott, Angry Man, Mike Gallagher, Trey Adams. Tomorrow, Mystery Guest Wednesday. We'll also talk to Landon Owen. He's perfect for on O on his picks. More Sanderson sidekick. SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook Live. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network.